0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Carolee Thomas, and this is You're Not the Only One. Today's podcast will be a roundtable with two of my friends, Courtney and Kristen. We will be discussing the six ultimate weapons used to maintain great friendships. I'm using this topic basically to help guide us while we discuss our own personal journey. This is a time in our life where we're full-blown adults, we've been married a few years, we have some small kids, and it's not like we have our high school or college friends around anymore, or maybe the friends that we met and were friends with since the age of five. No, I'm talking about a time when your life is in the thick of it, when you have kids, not quite in school yet, and... For me, I am a stay-at-home mom. I have a lot of friends in the same boat as me, and it's not easy, especially during the witching hour between 4 and 6 p.m. You need a lot of support and a lot of laughs. And for friends to come alongside you and literally do life with you, because your husbands are at work all day and you're at home all day with the kids, you need good people. Understanding that you're going to have moments where you just want to lose your mind and explode. At this time in our life, we need a lot of grace, and that's what I experienced once I found my people. I will warn you, the sound quality is not great. We recorded this in my husband's office, and I am still new at this, and I'm trying to get better at ways to um, make the sound quality good when I'm interviewing a lot of people. For me right now, what's really important is just getting what's on my heart out there to help people right away. I mean, honestly, that's what I would have wanted years and years ago, it's what I needed. Kristen starts us out, where she discusses when she first moved down here to San Diego. Let's listen in.
1: While I was working, but I had no mom friends. And I was like, I need mom friends. How do I make those? This is, I did not anticipate in my thirties, it would be like back in junior high when you're trying to make friends and it'd be so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) And all of these weird insecurities come out like when you're 13 years old all over again. Um, so I was like, well, I work a lot and I'm in my car. So a friend of mine suggested this podcast to me. And one of the topics was how to find your mom tribe. And I shamelessly listened to it and I'm like jealous of their mom tribe. You know, that she had, like, three really good friends. Like, they were all together. Like,
0: you even described it, like, you could see them sitting at her kitchen table, sitting around talking. And
1: giggling and having fun. Yes. And, um But it was nice, because she shared things that I really empathize with. So she said when she had her first kid, you know, she just never left the house, because you're just surviving life you know you're barely making sure your child's alive and eating and you know you're lucky if you get a shower let alone like a coffee date that doesn't happen so once she said it once her kids started school is when she started making mom friends and her three closest friends were from her daughter's kindergarten class I think and they just slowly you know it's like hello and pleasantries and you know and then I think they got together and I think it was like sleepover like they decided like let's just have a sleepover we'll have wine and hang out and you know that's that's
0: kind of what sealed the deal of their mom tribe so Courtney what was your experience trying to find new friendships
2: I was working from home, and it was like I don't have any friends that like are stay at home moms. So then mm-hmm. it was like I have to go find awesome. friends. I mean, I like <laughs> legitimately went on the internet and was like meetup.com, joining this, joined like you know Chula wow, so Vista East Moms group, and yeah. back then they used to have
0: physical meetups. They did, and I went yeah. to those. I wonder if you and I were ever at the same bunko. I went to a couple. Of I don't the early remember bunkos. if I went
2: to. Bunko back then, but that's I mean, when I really started. This is started... like 20, 30,
0: 2012, or yeah. yeah, 2012 and 2013. Yes. That's when I yes. first got on that thing. I can tell you that I didn't make one friend, but <laughs> Which I. was
2: okay, right? Yeah, you absolutely. You still yourself out there.
0: Yes. And you're
2: like navigating through people to find like where you're gonna land.
0: Yeah. So I moved into this house in September of 2012 and I didn't find my first true friend that I really trusted until three months before I gave birth to Hudson. And he was born in May of 2013, the end of May. It was a few months, and, and it was hard. It was really hard. It was really, really emotional for me. Of course, we found our our church, but we didn't really, you know, connect with anybody there yet either because... It's
1: easy to go to church and not connect with anyone.
2: Thanks. And when you go to a large Church Mm -hmm. and you go just on Sundays and you don't get yourself plugged in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But even if you do, I mean, I joined so many small groups over a many year period before I actually found a tight knit, well, what we became a tight knit small group.
0: And you grew up here in Chula Vista. Yeah.
2: But so many of my friends went off to college and never came back. They moved out of state, you know, and so I've kept those friendships. But if they're not, physically here in town that makes it hard it's different yeah Mm -hmm. it's different it's just different
0: i liked being a homebody when i first started having my kids i had one child when i moved into this house he was two and a half and that's right about the time that he well no actually it was earlier than that he reared his 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 strong-willed head and i was like oh lord i'm in for it um but i really went through a lot of like ups and downs hormonally and, and, and emotionally, and didn't really connect it as being like anything postpartum or anything. So I was just kind of like a recluse. So, um, I kind of relied on other people to sort of bring me out, but I had mm. no friends to bring me out except for the neighbor across the street. And I wasn't really connecting anymore through that friendship, but I did try stroller strides and that's where I found Maggie. And then I went like twice and I was like, I need to, if I'm gonna work out, I have to sweat. Like it's gotta be a sweat. I can't just sing like ABCs <laughs> with my kid, you know? I've gotta like drop them off, get away, and then go sweat it out. But yeah. Like, I'll be honest, I stalked her. I was like, I need your phone number before I leave today. <laughs> She's like, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm That's like, so oh, thank funny. God. I was like, because you just seem like you could be a really cool person and just, I need your phone number. She's like, sure. And she was really great. And I'm really glad that I met a friend right about that time because... That gave us three three months to sort of like kind of get to know each other because by the time I had Hudson, that's where like the hormones dropped out of me and I was just kind of a mess and I needed a friend. And I didn't know her very well, but it's just interesting to me that I found such great friendships later in life. You think you're going to do it in elementary school or high school or um, college, And I did have good friends in college, but again, everybody's away, right? You're not grazing your kids together. You need that like close mommy friend that you can trust. And I didn't even ever have a good foundation of trust starting from a young age with friends, you know? So to find that was just like a gold mine. I mean, I honestly can say that I don't even think that I fully called Maggie my best friend until it was like, honestly, like three and a half, four years into our friendship. Like I wouldn't even like agree with her. She'd be like, this is my best friend. And something inside me would, would shudder. I mean, it's not that I was like, didn't like it, but it was like, it would shudder because it wasn't healed yet from all the, the past hurt. So, you know.
2: Yeah. It's interesting to be in your adult life and feeling like you need to make new friendships. Like I always had such a hard time when that my friendships were in seasons. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like yeah. I had really close knit friendships, you know, like yeah. let's say from my last small group, but most of them worked. So most of them weren't home during the day, which required me to go out and find just different friends to hang out with during the day. But then everyone's lives got busy and after years we slowly stopped meeting as a small group and then everyone kind of goes in different directions. And so for me, I have a hard time with the seasons of friendship because I'm like, I want to be your friend for the rest of your life. Yeah. See, right. That that I feel too. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I like mourn. I mourned that small I group for years, years. And I, I, every once in a while would go to a different one and I can't say it's not the same because it took me so many years to find that small group. But I And don't, then didn't you I ever don't,
0: wonder, like, why aren't they mourning too? Like I mean, morning yeah, to and did not come back no. together? I, I mean, and
2: we tried. Okay. I mean, we tried, you know, and yeah. then we tried the meeting every other week. But as our kids started to get older, and we all had multiple kids, and they all started being in activities, and it became harder and harder to find the one day that nobody's kid had an activity to meet, that it just happened, you know? But yeah. for me, I don't, I have a hard time. With friendships going in seasons. Me too.
1: I grew up in an area where I was fortunate to have really good friends and a definite mom tribe. My mom and her friends and their daughters and I are all like sisters and we're all still super close, like in our hearts, but geographically we're not. So we needed to, you know, navigate knowing that I needed awesome friendships close. She clung to me because she saw I was me the freak, I was the one that she was like nagging. <laughs> like, I Not had no like... one, we had lived here a year, mm-hmm. and I just worked, and you know, we were the married couple without kids and weren't military. So everyone was like, why do you live here in the <laughs> suburbs? Like, what are you doing here? I know I had to ask her a few like, times, like, uh, you
0: moved from Orange County. Why do you want to be in Chula Vista again? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you here? I
1: mean, it looks nice and it's, you know, affordable Yes, yeah, exactly. Affordable-ish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's still California. Yeah. Um, no, I was 37 weeks pregnant, like super pregnant with my first, and I had no a real mom friend like close we met at a neighborhood party that was awkward that you show up to and everyone seems like their best friends and you're like you're
0: like yeah we never come out of our houses it's like okay (laughs) we'll come out once or twice a year that's seriously what it feels like oh you're
1: gonna ask me again if we have kids no you're gonna ask me again if i'm military no
0: No. um (laughs) (laughs) i have fun in the oven but yeah yeah.
1: yes i clung to you thanks for being my mom Friends and I would. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I would muster up the courage at like five o'clock and walk over after work and walk over with my son and the Ergo.
0: Yes. And we would just, you know. And sometimes talk. in the beginning, I'd see her walking by on the other side of the street, and I'd be like, "What is she doing?" Oh, maybe
1: like, I was geez, just stalking you.
0: You yeah, just. I, I don't mean, know. Maybe. Like, and I would come out, and i would like. You could have texted me and told me that you were, like, walking. Yeah. I mean,
1: just Maybe come I'll on Maybe I'll your home, yeah.
0: And then she, like, would eventually come, like, on a regular start. Yeah. Well, like, me. now, we have backdoor
1: status. Yes. I careless So We just walked through this side. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, that's
2: so amazing. I've never had a friend that lived close. I mean, if I had a friend that just lived, like... In my neighborhood, that I, you know, like yeah. that I was close friends with, that yes. I could just walk
0: yes. over.
2: I mean, that's yeah. like amazing. Put
0: the kids to bed, husband. Yeah, yeah. Keep the security going, and I'll be, I'll be back a couple hours. Yeah, that's totally. amazing. And that's what I wanted with her. It's just that that was also at a difficult time too, because you had Cody, and that was all very traumatizing, and we weren't yes. so so close that you could actually share the the real, real, real um what you were going through yeah. and you know you're probably sharing it with your um you know oc friends and sister
1: i think it was more of i just didn't know i was just in a constant state of survival uh, and then at some point you realize oh that's,
0: that's why, I was, that's <laughs> why everything stood on end that's yeah. why I, mean, every, I just felt like i was on high alert all the time high yeah alert. yeah oh so. my gosh I was right there with you. It's just, I didn't, that's true. That's such a good way to put it. I didn't understand either. I just thought, oh, this is momhood. Yeah. This is, this this is just the level. (laughs) This is just the level I'm going to live at, you
1: know? Well, even after Haley, now I have two now. It's been a year and I was was talking to my sister today. She has three, so she's well-seasoned. And we're going on vacation next week and she was... You know, she was like, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna be like kind of a lot because of the baby. And I'm like, girl, I get it. Like, he's not even one yet. Like, the light is almost there. Like, once they turn one and then like 14 months, it's just. Yes. You know, you're in the thick of it. Yeah. So you don't need to apologize. For anything. No. <laughs> like, and that's
0: what's so great about friendships. When yeah. you really do find, and I'm sorry I'm not joining in on the word tribe, sorry, but I've just Don't talked to it. There. Don't do it. Um, when you find the people that you really connect with, it's like, oh my gosh. Because uh, for the longest I felt like life is over, you know? Like like I'm never gonna find because you 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 give in to those lies that you hear. Oh, you only find your besties in high school and college. I actually gave into to that stupid lie. Like It's said a lot, like you'll Mm -hmm. hear it in TV shows and movies and stuff, and it's such a lie. I mean, I, and I think the reason why we believe that is because everybody's so busy, but they forget that there is this whole thing where you need to be indoors just to contain your toddlers. You know? You need that containment, and when you can do life with Another mom that's in the thick of it too, especially the witching hour between the the hours of four and six, man, boom, get them all chicken nuggets and just hang (laughs) out and have a cocktail with your friend and chat. It's like, life is going to be okay. I mean, that's where I started breathing, you know?
1: Yeah, because Carolee and I both have husbands who traveled a lot. So there were a lot of nights where it was just us with the kids and it was, it was great.
0: So great. Okay, girls, so let's quickly chat about the six ultimate weapons of having a great friendship. Forgiveness, encouragement, clear head, community, authenticity, and salvation. Just to quickly go over the subtitles of it. With forgiveness, we use this in the battle of offense. Be quick to forgive. The next one is encouragement, Use in the battle of comparison and insecurity. Clear head, used in the battle of our thought life. And community, used in the battle of isolation. Authenticity, used in the battle of filters, masks, and shame. And finally, salvation, used in the battle of sin. I begin the discussion on forgiveness. This is a part of forgiveness that most people in the world, I believe, carry around in silence. I'm talking about when someone we care about offends us and never ever brings it up to the person who offended us. It's mostly done out of embarrassment or looking like you are weak in some way. My belief is that Even the smallest offenses can be important to bring up, especially if it's with a friend who's worthwhile. But before bringing it up to them, I always try to pray about it first and bring it to God. He knows how and why we get offended, and He can help us with that. God knows every single part of us. And honestly, for me, I'd rather go to the master. I'd rather go to the creator of myself that knows me better than I know myself and would know how to guide me better than any human on this earth. Let's now listen in. Chris and I have been friends for like five years. I was afraid that she was going to be a seasonal friend. And that was only when she was in a transition time where she felt like, okay, I have my friend Carolee, but I'm a working mom and I need to feel like I can relate. And so I remember her having that conversation with me, but I almost felt like saying, am I not enough for you? Like, do I need... What do I need to do? Like, do I need to put on a suit? Do I need to get a job? Yeah, do, do I we need to get a job? And just, like, pretend? <laughs> like, I felt so hurt. Like, I really... I, I was like that freeze moment like oh no she's gonna go find other people and they're gonna have jobs and briefcases and (laughs) I'm not gonna be enough and all I have is bottles and you know diaper bags and you know and so honestly I prayed about it and I let it go and I said you know what the people that are supposed to be in my life will be in my life
1: that time when I said I needed working mom friends was a very a time of a lot of unrest in my life in every aspect of my life um like we weren't in a growth group as a family and I was working a lot and traveling a lot and you had Reese she was still pretty young you were more of a homebody and I was looking more to like get out Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. um if it's meant to be we'll reconnect when the time is right um some seasons work out that way and some you do part so it's just kind
0: of a weird season yeah So although Kristen and I went through that little blip in our friendship, it didn't affect us so much that we didn't still hang out. One thing that um, Kristen always brought to my life was encouragement. I had um, a time in my life that seemed to last forever where I felt really insecure about my house and here I talk about it. There was a long time before I would let anybody step foot in this house when I first moved into it if everything wasn't perfect and in its place. Now I'm like, ah, three kids later. And, and just a lot of growth. And I felt insecure, like it wasn't big enough or it wasn't good enough. But now I'm I'm really happy with it. And what, honestly, in my most insecure days is that she would always say, I love your house, you have that great backyard, you have that great driveway, it's so awesome. And I would, whenever I would have moments, honestly, when mm-hmm. I would feel down and I'd have that little twing of like, oh, I wanna be in a bigger house, or in a house with different rooms um, downstairs, I would always hear Kristen's voice.
2: I I understand what you're saying. I would walk into people's houses and just think, like, everything just looks so amazing. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I'd go home so to so my tiny hard. little house and think, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I need to do more. I need mm-hmm. to change it. I need to do this.
1: Usually in times of our own insecurity when we're not, mm-hmm. like, secure for,
0: fully yeah. inside.
1: Yeah, and we're not secure in our friendships or we're not secure in, like, other areas. And so I think that it's it's something I struggle with, too. And you know, we know our worth is not what car we drive or exactly. how big our house is. Exactly. Right? You know, but but I think the next point, clear head, is what I try to practice most of the time, and in like. the battle of our thought life, you and realize how important head. the thoughts are that I
0: allow.
2: Mm-hmm. in my head yes, that you will body entertain
0: yes. yeah it's like we can have thoughts just flutter by right yeah but if we grab them and oh yeah i'm gonna concentrate on this for a while that was the that was the problem yeah. clear that stuff yes. out if you clear it out immediately go no that's not the truth yes. and i would feel down and I'd have that little twing of like oh i want to be in a bigger house i would always hear kristen's voice your house is great. I love your house. I mean literally like, just hearing yeah, your point, you say that.
1: I love your house and I love your yard. And, and I love Courtney's house
0: and her backyard and yes, the Yes, Me pool. too. It's so comfortable. I love going there. I'm like, I'm going to Courtney's house. Had my own place set up. I just made myself right at home. I was like <laughs> Just putting things places and like your oh. bag that you well, yeah. out of your refrigerator. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but um but yeah, keeping a clear head, now I just have to knock things out of the way. I just literally a good a good point that you were saying. Yeah. Okay, and so community, use in the battle of isolation. So, I mean, I mean, I think all of us have had that experience where we're just, it's just like, okay, I need I need people, but again, I don't just need anybody. Because honestly, I'd yeah. rather be alone than be with a bad friend, be with someone that's going to well, do you really... You have a 3 a.m. friend. Yeah. <laughs> right.
1: You know, do you have someone you can walk through their back door without knocking? You know, right. do you have... Or that you can just stop by. Yes. You know, and I think that it's something that's usually earned. Like it's not usually something that's like right off the bat. I think with Courtney and I was unique because yes, we were I agree. I mean we got together the first time she sat down on my couch. We prayed. We like I because we were gonna
2: we were like, Okay, we're gonna lead a table, we better like yeah. meet and sit down and you know, before yeah, get we lead a know table. Each other. Well that's why I think Mops is such an important thing that I'm always trying to like tell moms to come to because I feel like we're not the only ones that find themselves in their adult lives needing friends. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I can't tell you how many posts on Facebook in just different moms groups that are all over the country that moms post saying, I have no friends. Like I need friends. Friend me, please. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's such a constant thing I see spread out among so many. Groups that I think that it's such a large percentage of moms that find ourselves in that same spot. And MOPS is a really amazing way to go. Such a lifesaver. Where there's a bunch of other people that were pretty much mostly there looking for For the same thing. Like, where else can you go? (laughs) It's like the dating circle at your table. It's like, where else can you go and walk in and know... That, like, everybody else there is pretty much probably there looking for community like you are. I was going to, like, quit
1: after my first meeting. And then I was like, I tried it. It didn't work out for me. (laughs) Like, I was like, I just saw, like, a row of minivans. And, you know, I was
2: like, I was just like, ah. I know, but isn't that so interesting? Because you walked away thinking, okay, maybe this is not for me. And if they had asked you to do that and you had said, I don't think, I mean, we would would not not even know. No, we hadn't met yet.
1: Yeah. And then, not that I didn't like the girls at my table. It's just, I think it takes time. You're not going to connect with everything. And right. that's what's yeah. hard at this phase in life. And is when you put yourself out there is to realize like, it's okay if you're not everyone's jam mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. they're not yours. I pretty much like everyone. Sometimes you just say, or I just don't know them well enough. I can't get to know everyone right. super deep. So you'd kind of have to navigate who you invest in mm-hmm. initially. And yes. sometimes it doesn't work out and you move on and they move on and that's okay and get involved like keep trying like go to the other events
0: the last two are authenticity and salvation so authenticity is used in the battle of filters masks and shame so for me authenticity is huge 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 and that's the first thing I look for when I am finding friendships it was so nice when I could come to a place in my friendship where it's like things could just be crazy everywhere and like, come on in, come into my chaos, you know, just jump on in. I'm making chicken nuggets and throwing them on. Like we didn't have to like, you know, we didn't have to ask permission to get into my cabinets or my fridge yeah. or whatever. It's just like, go, you know, do it, please. That That's such a great place to be in friendship is where it's just, it's real, it's authentic and really being about the person's heart. I want to know your heart before I'm ever going to look at what you're driving or what you're wearing or what Mm -hmm. size house you're in. Because I've been asking God for a long time to dig out the areas inside of myself that were in the dark parts that needed to come to light. Yeah. Finishing up the last one,
1: I mean... Salvation. Yeah. This is good. So this is something I realized in college. So I had my good friends from growing up and then I found myself in a new place of making new friends. And what did that look like? And um, I realized, I think the reason why I tend to be so drawn to other Christian women is that we have all experienced grace. And when you experience grace and understand what that is from a spiritual level, you are much more willing to give grace. And so I want people in my life who can give grace, who've accepted grace in their own life. You know, it makes them more secure and um and humble and authentic and forgiving and all those things that you listed. So there is a certain level of of again intimacy even with your girlfriends when there's a spiritual aspect to it. You know of of grace. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: What about you,
2: Courtney? I totally agree. You just totally agree. Yeah, I
0: actually didn't even know what to say I about this that. one. I didn't know what to, I didn't really know what to say. Like, what what does that really even mean? Salvation used in the battle of sin. I mean, I was glad that you. It's um, like race. Like, so
1: you sin, right? Mm-hmm. Like we all do. And so you can either bury that and put on a mask and act like it didn't happen. Right. Right. And we all know that that's inauthentic and you still have something deep rooted in you that's weighing you down. We've all been there. Yeah. I mean, not like every sin I've confessed and, you know. Oh, you, yeah. And then, but if you understand forgiveness and salvation and you've felt the freedom of Forgiveness from an eternal right. perspective, then you're not walking life weighted down by that sin, and you're not judging people based on their own sin. Yes, you know?
0: something that's been really new that I've been walking in is I don't care if you tell me you're Jewish, Muslim, gay, uh, one uh, one of the people on the LGBTQ spectrum. spectrum. I look at you. I look at you the way God looks at. He wants to save everyone. And if you can look at people that way, it's amazing. It's like, I literally feel like if people had words on them walking around the earth, all the words would fall to the ground. When you look at a person, and all, the, all the, labels, the labels, all the thank you, the labels, mm-hmm. they would fall to the ground, and you would see a person as redeemed because that's the way God. He won't, I guess he won't see redeemed until you're actually have given your life over. But we're all his children. We all Mm -hmm. came from him and he wants us back. And that's, and that's the way I'm looking at it. So it's like, because I think that with the labels we judge and then we cut ourselves off from an opportunity to give that grace and then also to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. So I just, I think that's really cool. But you guys, thank you so much. Number one, for your friendship and just for doing this, this round table with me and I'm excited to see where this goes and how this touches people's lives. But I think this conversation of friendship is really going to be impactful. I think we did touch on things that maybe a lot of people are kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but it's good to to talk about because a lot of people go through this silently, especially as adults, because we're like, oh, we're not supposed to be all needy at this age. You know, you go to school to make your friends, and then, you know, at least that's the, the thing I had in my head. It was so false, so... You guys are good friends. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Sunshine, I'm driving. Radio's playing and I left you in the rearview. Trust me. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to leave a comment, you can do so by using our voice message link. Simply click on the link and talk away. I would love to hear from you. Let me know how today's episode impacted you. And if you have any ideas for future episodes that you'd like to hear talked about, please leave those comments as well. My heart is to help you feel seen and heard, especially in times where you feel overwhelmingly alone and isolated in your situation or circumstance. I want to speak life into you. And hopefully the stories and situations brought about on this podcast will reframe your own way of thinking. That's what people did for me in my lowest moments. And I want to pass that wisdom along. Fear and doubt are from the pit of hell, I always say. I have wasted plenty of years worrying and doubting about my life. I started this podcast to help you not make the same mistakes. Thank you for your listenership and please subscribe. It really helps my message have a further reach. Here's a priceless nugget that was given to me long ago. Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God bless you, and remember, Jesus loves you so much more than you could ever believe. Go, go, baby, here I go, gonna find myself on an open open